0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. The One Thing is proudly brought to you by the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out our network page on iTunes to see a whole bunch of great Christian podcasts. So I was listening, I was listening to the guys talk about, should pastors have friends uh, in church? A really helpful um, discussion. Uh, Talked about really practical about the uh, the pros and cons of having friends in your church. Uh, So check out the Est podcast on uh, iTunes or your nearest podcast app. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing. Grow big or plant? Derek, we we got this question from, I reckon, a long-time listener. Let's just assume they're a long-time listener. It It was anonymous. They've asked this. I'm curious to know what the latest research is on the effectiveness of church planting versus growing big particularly in a city context? Obviously, we want to plant churches in places where there are none, but is this done more effectively out of a large church context uh, or out of a church plant? As a city church, what should we be aiming for? Derek, let's sort of set the scene, paint the picture. There's lots of things rolling around in this question.
1: As we move towards this question, how do we reach Australia? Or, you know, if you're outside, how do you reach the community you're in, the U.S.? New Zealand, wherever it is, uh, there is a tension here between um, we know that planting, research-wise, we know that planting is missionally effective, more effective uh, than established churches are. So, five to six times um, more people within a church plan have no background in Christianity or haven't been to church within the last five years than are in established churches. So, we know statistically that um that church plants are more effective missionally. But but here's the, the tension that we're trying to navigate in here. That church planning is incredibly costly in a whole number of ways. Financially it's costly. It's expensive to plan a new church. Um, it's costly in terms of the building, to find a new building, to maintain a new building, to the uncertainty of actually meeting in somewhere, finding leaders for a church plan is incredibly hard. Church planning leaders uh, and so there's and the relationships that happen and that are broken down, and the impact on the sending church of that is incredibly costly as well. And so the the tension within here is we know that church plants are missionally more effective, but at what point do you pull that trigger and say we're going to plan, given how much cost there is? That's the tension.
0: Yeah. So uh, so that's really helpful. Sending out a church plant, recognise that it, that it, you will see greater evangel greater evangelistic fruit. You know more generally than the established church, but I get—I guess, guess I want to sort of push back. It's a bit of a both. It's a bit of a both end, isn't it? We what we want to see is we do want to see churches sending out new congregations, churches sending out new plants or new sites, and reaching into uh, existing areas, uh, reaching into new areas uh, to start uh, new gatherings of people who are wanting to reach out to their local communities. We also, though, need churches to be. Uh, healthier. We, we need existing churches to uh, have that evangelistic and that mission heat as well. We need, we need both uh, and we need to be working on both. And in some senses, it's kind of like a chicken and a chicken and an egg. Uh, we need actually healthy, healthy churches that are being evangelistically effective and are reaching out uh, so that they can, you know, have a growth dynamic that then pushes out, you know, with the sending of new church plants. I guess I want it, to, it's, it's interesting. What, but, you know, straight away, Derek, you went to missionally effective. What you know? How do we how do we measure effectiveness? You've gone straight to sort of mission, so I'm assuming you're thinking that's conversions, that's reaching you know people who've never made a decision for Christ, but it's also reaching the prodigals, reaching those people who have uh, re, you know returned to church. Is that your only? Is that kind of your only measure of effectiveness uh, in this sort of discussion? Mission?
1: No, no, okay. it's
0: not. Uh... Not just a one trick pony. I'm only about. Evangelism.
1: I'm a two-trick pony. Uh, no, there's more. There's obviously more to it, which is what makes that, the, the question so challenging. Because the question isn't for most people, should I plant or not? The question is when, like if you're leading church, when do I plant? What are the conditions under which I pull this trigger? Because everyone wants to reach um, the lost. They want to care for the people who are there. But there are also other aspects of a church. Like there's leadership pipelines within the church in order to raise leaders up, to send them out to a whole bunch of other contexts as well, which if you plant too early sometimes, you could break. Uh, there's other systems within church uh, that you could break as well if you pull the trigger too early. So the question isn't should I, should I plant or not? It's at what point, under what conditions do I plan? Now, you know, there's, you, you want to think strategically into this um, and so you do want to say when we've spoken to churches and you talk particularly around multi-site context, you're saying you want to probably send 10% of people off um, to plant. And if you can't sustain that 10% going, so say you're in a church of 100, uh, to send 10 off is probably too small. You want to spend 40 off, send 40 off, which means you need to be 400 in order to send. Getting to 400 is a significant so do you only ever plant when you get to 400? We would say no, probably not. That's just best practice. Um, but you do need to weigh up the impact of sending out that many people.
0: Now, the, so the, reality, the reality is the data does say that, um, you know, a healthy church that, you know, that regularly sends, so let's say every 18 months to 24 months is regularly sending out a group of people. The data says that very quickly, uh, you know, in some contexts you, you know, you rebuild, rebuild back those people. Uh, you know, there's an energy cut that comes from sending out. There is a grief, as, as you've already mentioned, you know, at the start of the podcast. You know, there's a the loss of leaders. But that allows other people to step up. That allows you to start being more intentional about raising up leaders because you've actually got the, you know, the impetus. We're sending out, you know, a group of 40. We actually need to uh, backfill and, and raise them up. And so uh, I think, you know, this is a person in a city context. Uh, if, if they've got a, you know, a healthy front door and they're seeing, you know, newcomers regularly coming, you know, then by actually being uh, intentional with their discipleship pathway, uh, and you know, really working, you know, working to follow up in that existing church, I think you know you can be quite effective at at sending out the church plant and then actually seeing growth in that you know, big church. And so, in some senses, you know, you're, you are like an Antioch uh, church, you know, in Acts, which which becomes a sending base for a whole region. And in some sense, that's that's I think the mentality that we need to be having in you know in every in every church uh, around Australia, that they need to be thinking not just about, you know, their suburb, but they need to be thinking about their region, uh, thinking about how they might reach out into that into that region. And I think we need to recognise that at any point in time there are churches that are that are declining, uh, there are churches that are plateauing, there are churches that that are growing. And and that's a, a natural part of the life cycle of the church. And so church planning can be used. As a way to sort of, you know, re-energize a church, but the reality is, as a leader, you've got to constantly be challenging the status quo, and uh, and constantly pushing into, um, you know, we 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 want to be healthy, we want to be growing. Um, I, I think that's that's on a big dynamic or a small dynamic or a medium-sized. Dynamic. I think every church, uh, you know, it's a it's an imperative that comes out of the Great Commission. You know that we that we ought to be uh, reaching the lost and uh, and growing. You know, the gospel just keeps. Uh, you know mushrooming you know out and uh, and our churches need to be doing that
1: so i, I would say in this, so we need to be careful not to think that church planning will solve the problems that we have yep you have to plant out of health so it, it can re-energize if your church is healthy and you feel like you've hit a ceiling and you can't grow because of the building or these other factors church planning can certainly do that um, but it can also it can also significantly damage the sending church if they're not planting out of a, a place of health, if there's no growth dynamic, if there's no energy, if there's no vision in the sending church, that will only be exposed if you plant early. Planting will not fix that problem. You have to plant out of health, so you have to fix the sending. You have to grow a healthy sending church because the DNA will be transplanted generally, unless you have a kind of pioneer plant that's planting completely independent of your church the DNA will be transplanted. You do not want to transplant unhealthy DNA. And so if you're thinking, when do I plant? Should I grow here or should I plant? I think the first question you're asking is, is my church healthy? Yep. Um, am, are people growing in maturity and love for Christ? Are we seeing the lost one? Is all our growth just from people moving in and joining us and they're already going to church? Now, that's not bad necessarily. If that's the only way you grow, um planting won't make you evangelistic it it will only take people out of your congregation and create another congregation generally that is as lacking in evangelistic zeal as you are because there's no kind of appetite for it so so uh, as you're yeah
0: that that's really helpful. is your church healthy as you then are thinking about a church plant um, I I like I like a, a phrase that I got just got off um, off Wade Bennett, uh, a, a good friend of ours. You, you know, you need four L's. You need a leader. You need a, a, a location. You need a launch team, and you need lots of money. Um, so you need to be thinking into those areas. But the reality is, a big a big church can do this by themselves. Also, a number of churches in a region can also think about uh, you know sending a group of people. It's obviously a lot more difficult, relationally harder, uh, because you're dealing with you know sometimes different. Um, you know, different ecclesiologies. If, if it's, you know, different denominations that are sending out someone uh, or you might be within the one, you know, regional presbytery, uh, one mission area. uh, And, and so collectively working out, it is, it is hard to, you know, hard to give kind of free reign to a church planner to come into my church and take, you know, take key people, but man, a, a beautiful picture of gospel generosity saying, Hey, we're happy for you to come in. We want to resource you with money. We're also happy for you to come in and, you know, we'll pray for you, but you can actually have, you know, have some people. And I think cultivating that regional, um, you know, that regional picture is really helpful. Again, presbytery structures are really ease uh, you know, allow for that uh, to happen. The other thing is, you know, high quality relationships in a, you know, in a local city or a local um, region, I think really uh, precipitate that and allow that to to happen and, and, and function well. So I, I love, I mean, Derek, you know, I love sharing this story, but I love the story, story of Snug uh, Church with Dan and Georgia Headley. Uh, these guys were, they were, in a, they were in a church plant from a larger church, uh, Kingston CRC. Uh, they were in one way. They were sent out by that church. They planted an independent uh, FIC church in an Anglican building that was gifted by another local Anglican church yeah here you actually see a number of churches who really want to see the gospel going out into a, an area that uh, was less reached and less resourced and and it was a beautiful partnership and you saw revitalization and and energy growth in the sending church as well you know Graham tells it you yeah know, tells this great story of this older couple who come to him and say, "Hey, we just heard Dan and Georgia talk about door knocking and taking the gospel. Is it okay if we do that at our church I, I just think there is uh, a beautiful example of of partnership, a beautiful example of people capturing, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that, that urgency to, to take the gospel out. And we, we need to be seeing more of that.
1: Yes. And so, can, so can I push into that again? Because again, you've pushed on, there's a, there's a health question there, isn't there? There's mm-hmm. an energy question. There's a, um, there's a conviction question about reaching. So there's when a vision,
0: there's a vision question as well. Do we even have this as a vision in our church? Yep. That's right.
1: And so the, the statistics we throw around and the size question is so often tied to that because I can think of examples like Foster EC that planted in, um, that's ended up just recently planting in Man and Bible Church. Um, they The numbers are different there uh, to if you would grow a suburban church much larger as a hub in order to do it. The, the numbers are quite different, but the question you're really pushing to is you can you – can, Be flexible on the numbers if the health of the church is there. You still want to be wise. You still want to think about how to grow a church in such a way that you can replicate multiple times, not just once, and kill the the goose that lays the golden egg. But it has to be healthy, and that'll shape everything else.
0: So, Derek, uh, what's your one thing on
1: growing big or planting? It's not a one size fits all for doing it, um, but the heart of it needs to be having a healthy sending church. Multiplication out of health has to be the key. You need to grow big healthy in order to multiply and replicate healthy. There's stats around that, but health is the key for me. What's your one thing?
0: I would encourage pastors to have a vision that is bigger than their church. So think regionally, and then you'll always be thinking about how to either plant or grow
1: bigger. All right, Scott, uh, what do you got in the toolbox for us today?
0: Uh, well, uh, just some links to the Geneva Push website. Geneve Push uh, is a fantastic uh, network wanting to see hundreds of new churches evangelised into existence across Australia. So there's some link, links in the show notes. Uh, why plant churches? I reckon that's a great one. Some helpful uh, discussion about why. Uh, we want, you wanted research? So in 2016, we did some research into Australian church planning. You'll see uh, growth data there. Uh, And also I think Macca Macca did a really uh, helpful discussion, I think all the way back in 2012. Why do we need more churches? As he was thinking about heading up to the Northern Territory and planning a new church up there. And then I mentioned uh, Wade Burnett. Uh, He did a great seminar for us a few years ago on, uh, on multi-site, where he talked about those four L's and, and compared church planning to uh, being a, a multi a multi church, so a church one church in, in more than one place, uh, and so that's got some helpful ideas and thoughts on, and principles on this as well.
1: Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we would appreciate it. just take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and leave a comment or flick us a question. And we got from our brothers and sisters in Tasmania today. We're happy to take questions from all over the world. Anyway, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing.
0: I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Anna. Chat soon.